you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons limited series. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. On this episode, we finally set foot in Karja lands, find a missing Nora girl, and explore the Gatelands. Welcome to Episode 9 of Lightkeeper Protocol. Welcome to Lightkeeper Protocol, a podcast about our journey through Horizon Zero Dawn and Horizon Forbidden West. I am Jarrett, but you can call me Ja, and I am here with Christina, also known as Pop-Tart. Hello, hello, what is up? And I'd like to welcome any new listeners, and welcome back any returning listeners. Thanks for checking out another episode of Lightkeeper Protocol. Uh, we'd love to have you guys join us in Discord, which our Discord is mash.gg slash Discord. You come in and you can talk to us about uh, how your experience playing the game, or uh, if you want to talk spoilers, uh, we'll have a channel for that. But uh, yeah, just come in and uh, come in and hang out with us, talk about some Horizon Zero Dawn or Forbidden West, uh, depending on, I guess, when you start listening to this. <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's before we get started, let's go ahead and recap what we talked about in the last episode. We finished the last two bandit camps and uh, the last few errands in the sacred lands, and we made it over to Day Tower and saved them from a corruptor and its machines, and they let us in the gate. So now we are officially in Karja territory, halfway to Meridian. You know, that's that's the goal. We want to get to Meridian. But before we get to Meridian... Uh, there's a couple things we got to take care of. And by a couple things, I mean more than a couple things. And we're going to talk about those over the next uh, two episodes, I would say. By, I would say by episode 10, we're definitely going to have our feet planted firmly on Meridian. Okay, we're in Meridian. Uh, but yeah, so as soon as you step into Day Tower, we uh, you get a new main quest. City of the Sun. That's our, our uh, quest to get us to Meridian. Uh, but before you can get them ready, and you you need to talk to the captain of Day Tower. So you talk to Captain Balan. Captain Balan, I have questions for you. First, about another Nora woman who might have come through here, and second, about the trail to Meridian. What can I expect on the way? Well, it was definitely another Nora. No way I'd forget that. She caused an incident. As for what to expect on the trail, nothing good. More machines all the time. And our scouts report corruption that way as well. So much for sealing things off. Keep to the roads. They're safe enough. Though after what you did at the gate, I'll wager you don't scare easy. It's a good quality. I could put it to use, if you don't mind a quick jaunt back east. I know it's bold of me to ask a favor after you just did one, but I can offer you answers in return. If there's anything you need to know about the Sundom. What do you need, Captain? I sent several patrols east when we got word of corrupted machines there. I'll let them confirm my fears so I sealed the gates. But it looks like we left some men behind when they were closed. Walid, tell him what happened. Machines attacked us near an abandoned Nora village, sir. Lakir told us to pull back. Then I lost sight of the others. Never seen a Nora woman before, soldier? Have some respect. Report to her, not to me. Lakir always stresses reporting back, so that's what I did. I felt terrible about leaving them behind. Now that the gates are open again, 
I can send someone after them. Can't you send more soldiers to find the missing men? What about Walid here? Most Nora still don't take well to the sight of Karja armor. Officially, it's a risk to send patrols so close to your sacred land. I'd prefer not to do that again. But heading that way won't be a problem for you. Please say yes. What was that, soldier? Nothing, sir. Is there anything more you can tell me about the road to Meridian? Sun King of Vod has devoted considerable resources to making it safe. But by the sun's witness, it's been harder to control in peace than it was during the war. Machines grow more dangerous all the time. Add to that bandits and new reports of this corruption. We're stretched thin to protect a few outposts like this one. That's for everywhere else. Well, travel at your own risk. I'll see what I can do about your missing men. I would be grateful, but not as grateful as Walid. You hear that, lunkhead? You might be off the hook. So Aloy doesn't even start this conversation with like a greeting. She just starts asking questions. <laughs> like, like, like she's Batman. She knows what she wants. Yeah, where is she? <laughs> Where's the Nora? <laughs> that's what she does. Right? Like, that's the first thing she asks. She asks about um, another Nora that came through here. Obviously, that's, that's Nikoa from our ongoing side quest, A Daughter's Vengeance. And uh, which I think actually yeah, we're going to finish that side quest up today. And then she also asks what she can expect on the path to Meridian. Uh, so those are her two main concerns here. And Balan, he does say he remembers another Nora because there was an incident, but he doesn't really elaborate on what happens. And in regards to what can be expected on the trail to Meridian, you know, he's like, oh, there's corruption on the way to Meridian. Um, oh, sorry. He, um, you know, actually, no, he did. He did say there was corruption on the way to Meridian. And so he said, you know, they sealed off the gates for nothing. He told Aloy that if she sticks to the road, she should be safe enough. But it, you know, he said, you know, it probably wouldn't be a problem for her anyway, because he just saw her or his guards at least just saw her, you know, kill a, 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 a I was going to say a constructor, sorry, a corrupter. <laughs> you know, so it wouldn't. <laughs> Yeah, it wouldn't uh, <laughs> it wouldn't really make a difference. I will say he is kind of right though. If you stick to the main roads, you can get to Meridian pretty easily. You can get to Meridian with I would say with very little danger. You're mostly right, yeah. Because any danger that I saw, I think was off to the side, and I could have just avoided it if I wanted to. Yeah. If I wanted to. If you want, oh, oh, you're dangerous now. Mm-hmm. You're I'm, getting, <laughs> I'm getting a little bit more bold here, so I'm starting to go a little bit deeper. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he also uh, notes later in the conversation that the roads seem to be harder to protect now than during the war. He says the machines are more aggressive. There's more corruption. There's more bandits. He basically pulls a varl, right? Basically, like, this is what you're going to experience in this area. Have a good time, player. You know, that's what he is. That's essentially what he's doing. Uh, But he does ask you for a favor, which is bold. Consider well, he even says something that's it's kind of bold that she just did him a favor because you know she she just took care of a huge problem for them, and now he wants her to do something else. He actually wants you to backtrack. He wants you to go back east and find some missing soldiers of his, Uh, and he doesn't want to send more Karja troops because things are still tense between the Karja and the Nora, and it could provoke an incident. Because you know that's what happens when you're uh, when your people go and raid other people and kill them. That's that that happens. What? <laughs> it could be tense for a long time. <laughs> Just saying. So, but uh, apparently the the group, well, the soldiers were part of a scouting group that he used to confirm the corruption 
And uh, when they sealed off the gate, some of the soldiers were left behind. Now, one of the soldiers that was separated from that group actually made it back. And it turns out they were attacked by machines and split up. And so when this particular soldier got split from the group, he's like, well, they always tell me to report back. So I'm going to report back. And that's what he did because he's a soldier. He did what he was supposed to do. Listen, (laughs) See, that's how you get yourself killed is by not listening, by being brave. Don't be brave. Yeah, just go report back. <laughs> uh, we got split up and I didn't see anybody, so I just came back here. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, this is actually for an errand called In the Foreign Lands. And I guess, technically speaking, it's it's an errand because, you know, you do, you're, you're going to retrieve this guy's soldiers. But essentially, yeah, he... It, when I first played this, it kind of pissed me off a little bit because I'm like, okay, man, I just cleared that area, okay? <laughs> like, now I, I got to go back and, and and play in that area again. I, I just cleared that area, man. It sucks, but... So, actually, remember when you were like, oh, yeah, there was another corrupted zone, and I was like, I didn't do that. That was the corrupted yeah. zone I didn't do. It was right next to that area. So, when I went back, I was like, oh, I might as well do this while I'm here. Oh, yeah, so you got to fight the two long legs? Yeah, it was fine. Oh, yeah. I hate those things. Like, well, <laughs> I, I really do. Maybe it's more in my head than anything. I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. that. Like, They are pretty weak to shock. And actually, the coils on their back, if you hit the coils on their back, it, it, it does a bunch of damage because they're weak to shock. But. I, I will say this time around, after hearing you complaining about being blown up 10,000 times, I got blown up so many times. I'm like, he just cursed me. I, I don't know what happened. So they didn't. Oh, you mean they didn't? By, like when when their breast explode? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't get stunned by that. It's just various things I would do. I would blow something on up on something's back, and then I would blow up. And I'm like, ah. Oh. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. I jinxed you. Thanks. Yeah. Sorry. My bad. So, but uh, before you go ha- ha- uh, handle that errand, you still you're still talking to Balan. I think I'm saying his name correctly. Uh, and Aloy asks about Owen. He confirms he came through here twice: once going to Norland, once coming back. He says he doesn't know exactly where it is, but he's probably in Meridian. Well, thanks. That's I already knew that, buddy. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, then he also gives you a little history on Day Tower. You know, he talks about like the dark times. Like he said, you know, there's actually a staging area. Like the Nora don't like this, the day tower, because it was originally a staging area for the captured Nora to be sent to Meridian for a sacrifice. Uh, he was actually appointed by the new Sun King of Ad to make sure the Karja at the outpost now that they respect the Nora. That's his, that's the, his main purpose for being there. And he also says his job is to make sure there's no further. You know, perfect, you know, the, 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 from the Karja side, nobody gets provoked, right? Like the Karja don't do anything to provoke any conflicts or anything like that. Uh, turns out he also overhelped, he also helped overthrow the old Sun King, Jiren. And, uh, you know, he worked uh, with Aaron and Ursa, and then he was the one that actually secured the Temple of the Sun, which I think you get to go there. I cannot remember. There's a place where you go where there's like Sun Priests and stuff. But I can't remember if that's the, the actual Temple of the Sun. I, like, I, I went there a while ago. You haven't been there I yet. Have I know it's no fact idea. <laughs> I know it's a fact you haven't been there yet. So, uh, but he got rid of the the old kestrels and priests that were, you know, 
loyal to the Sun King and were the kind of the ones that were like, oh yeah, let's we'll keep let's let's sacrifice him. That's gonna help the sun. The sun's gonna it's not gonna be as mad. So uh Aloy also asks about Zaid. Uh, and she asks if there's been any reports bit against him. And, you know, he's like, well, I've heard what the Nora said about him, but he's, you know, Zaid says that it's mistaken identity. That's what Zaid, that's his story. And he's sticking to it. He says there hasn't been anything that proved what he's accused of. So, you know, he's not going to do anything about it. And um, he notes like, so the, the other Nora that came through the incident had something to do with Zaid. And he's basically saying, well, Zaid was really nice to the Nora when when the incident happens so that kind of makes them look innocent but you know it's a game if they're talking about it it's it's not it's right. not <laughs> yeah well i didn't realize that but <laughs> <laughs> all right so like after that aloy agrees to look for his men and they part ways so what we're going to do is before we head deeper or, or you know, into the card territory or even talk to zaid we're going to do we're going to talk about the, the errand in the foreign lands because since we got to go back um but uh, yeah, so Aloy, she heads back to the Forsaken Village and investigates, you know, uses the uh, the focus to find the tracks and then tracks tracks. She finds like a dead soldier. Then she finds some more tracks, she finds another dead soldier. But then she finds some tracks and then she just finds like a helmet, but no body. Uh, she follows more tracks and she gets to a beach, but there's like bloodstains near the beach. And uh, Aloy, she's like, oh, somebody got dragged into the water here. And there's like an island a little bit, uh, not too far from from the beach. And, uh, you know, she wants, she, she wants to go check it out. Now, snap maws are near that island. This is the first time you, you've had to fight a snap maw, correct? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So I talked about snap maws in the last episode, I think, or maybe it was the episode before last because I like fighting the big stuff. So uh, when you saw it, what'd you think? Okay. So. I assumed they were near because of the way that you talked about them last time. And either they spawn once you get to that island or I got really lucky because I swam over and then I started hearing machines and I turned around and he was like starting to swim through the water. It takes a really long time for him to go through that loop to swim through the water. But I was like, right. Oh, my God. If I was like 10 seconds later, I would be dead right now. But <laughs> I, I swear I used the focus and I didn't see any before then. From the beach, so you can see them from the beach, but the water path that you will swim through, they don't swim in that area of the water. They swim to the right of that. No, that I swim sense. right in front of the path that he goes through. Really? Yeah. Like, okay. Because that's where the beach yeah. was. Like, he definitely swam on that path. Oh, okay. I know. Like, when I was looking at him, hey, I saw one to the right, and I was able to swim right to the, be- to, right to the beach of the island. With no problem. Once I got up on the island, then I could see there were like three of them there. Yeah. Yeah. The two, there's the two on like the one side and then the one that kind of swims around. So the two on the one side was fine. I I did what I've been doing for anything. I just put down a bunch of traps and they end up blowing themselves up. I just stay hidden and shoot tanks off of them. And then there was like one left and that's the one that saw me and it was easy. Uh, Okay. That's how, yeah. That's your trapper. That's what you do. Yeah, I um, I did use the hill to my advantage because, like, to the other side of the beach, there's a little bit of a hill. So anytime you started shooting frost, there is some splash damage. So I did get hit some, but like I kind of just backed up a little bit and I was good. Right now, did you fight them before or after you find the Karja soldier? Because there is a Karja soldier 
on that island. I fought them before I found him. Mm, okay. Well, then, okay, well, let me talk about the Karja soldier real quick, and then I got a question for you. Mm -hmm. So Aloy finds a Karja soldier, and he's, like, singing some type of, like, weird song or reciting some type of, like, poem or, or something like that. I'm debating or not whether I'm going to play it on the show, to be perfectly honest with you. I wrote it down, or at least from the what part. I didn't realize it didn't repeat because he says like the same line like three or so times. Um, and it's very interesting. I'll say that. Okay. Well, which part? It sounded like because I mean, he was just getting ready to die. Like that's what he was like. I think my favorite line, and maybe I read this wrong, but it said, I've fingered every curl, but I never won the girl. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> what does I, that mean? I don't think I want to know what that means. Yeah. So uh, it was it was interesting. like Because, I mean, that's how you find him. Like If you don't see him, because for the most part, you won't because of where he is on the island. You'll just hear him wailing this song slash poem or him or whatever. Uh, but uh, Aloy, you know, she goes to speak with him and he says that he wasn't expecting to be found. Uh, so, you know, Aloy, she tells him that she was tasked with bringing him back to Day Tower, but he doesn't want to be escorted. Yeah, he doesn't want to go with her because he doesn't want to make it seem like he's like being escorted like a prisoner or whatever. And I'm like, dude, you are not in a position to negotiate <laughs> right now. So she's, but she's like, okay, we'll go along then. And he says he can't go back without his weapon, which was eaten by a snap maw. So that blood on the beach was his, and a snap maw got a hold of him, but apparently he was able to like wiggle out of his armor, and that's how he got away. But the the snap maw also the snap maw, you know, basically ate his his armor and his uh bow. And bow, right. So which is I don't know. I, I, I don't think I want to bring it up now. We're going to find out more about the machines later and how the machines operate and what the machines like do. And um, it just seems weird to me that a snap mall would eat his armor. That's all. Okay. <laughs> it just seems weird to me that a snap mall would eat his armor. But like, I, I, we'll get into that a little later once we get a bit deeper into uh, the game and learn a bit, a bit more about the machines. Uh, but snap maws, like I think I talked about before, they're like really big crocodiles, right? They spit ice, they're aquatic, and they have these tails. They they have like like they could do like a tail whip, they could do a lunge attack. You know, they can be pretty dangerous. They could be like a little bit intimidating. They also travel in groups, which is what makes them, I think, the most difficult. So one snap maw is not that big of a deal, honestly. Um, especially if you pop the tank on the bottom, like on their throat area, mm -hmm. because it's frost. So you, if you pop that tank, it's frost damage and it freezes them, which makes it super easy to kill them after that. Uh, but um, so the thing I want to ask you was, did they have his quest item before you talked to him? Were you able to pick up his quest item beforehand? Yes. So that part, um, yeah, that part, she was like, that explains the bow that I found in its carcass. And he's like, wait, you defeated it alone? Like he was surprised that I beat it. And she's like, imagine that. Do you want the bow or not? Like, really cocky. Like, <laughs> right. come on, dude. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so I, I talked to him first because I was, I, I just, like I said, I didn't have to fight him on the way up. I didn't aggro him on the way up. So I had to actually go fight him. Now, I tried to fight the one by himself, but the other two were so close, I ended up fighting all three, you know. Um, 
But yeah, you do get the bow back and you get the bow back to, I think his name is Lockheer. And uh, he says thanks and so he didn't want to die on foreign land like his men. And it never was really explained what killed his men. They said they were attacked by machines, but I'm like, what machines are in that area that would kill them? You guys can't handle some watchers? I'm I'm pretty sure the, the... in that corrupted zone, because that Forsaken Village was a corrupted zone. Mm-hmm. That was one of the two corrupted zones you had to clear before you went to Day Tower. There were only like watches there, and maybe some um, the the whatever the scrappers. Grazers. Oh, maybe scrappers. Whatever the grazers are, there's a lot over there. I keep forgetting their name. But I don't think they like corrupted grazers. Like I don't think they really. I don't think they though they ever put those in the corrupted zones to kill yeah, you. Yeah, probably not. But just like in that area, they probably just kept getting chased and chased. Right, yeah, but your soldiers, you can't kill some watches. Like, come on, man. True. <laughs> they had to go to the water to get the snap maws. The snap maws don't just come over. True. I do think that this guy though is like the captain or a captain, because Walid or whatever his name is said like here stresses that you have to report back. So I think this right. is the captain of that crew that went out. So all of his men got in except the one dude. Like, that's pretty uh, bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So maybe they shouldn't have been out there in the first place. Maybe that's why they were part of the scouting party and <laughs> not guarding the tower. So. But yeah, so that that gets you that that is. Well, I mean, this you do go back to the sacred lands for other stuff but for now i mean that's that's pretty much it that's the last you're gonna do in the sacred lands for now uh but we do the next area that we got that we're gonna go into is are are the it's called the gatelands and i did want to talk about that for a while because that's where day tower is which is considered the gate to the karja territory so the gatelands very arid very desert kind of looks like what i would expect arizona to look like Right. I've never been to Arizona. I've I'm just assuming that's what it looks like. Been to the airport. You've been to the Arizona <laughs> airport. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's what it it, it kind of reminds me of. Uh and you're like immediately greeted by new machines. It doesn't matter which path you take. You take one path and if you make it all the way down, you're greeted by tramplers. Which they are they're kind of like bison, I think. I think that's what you would classify them as, like a bison type of machine or or something like that. And if you go northwest, you're greeted by a stormbird, which is a really big, it, it, it's the largest flying bird in the game. Actually, I think there's only two birds in the game that I think about. It's only two flying machines. There's the stormbirds and the glinthawks. That's all I've seen, but I'm not that far, so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was the only two, there was the only two flyers in the game um obviously for forbidden west they already showed new flyers like they showed one that looks like a uh oh man i can't remember what those dinosaurs are called i remember pterodactyls there we go yeah there we go uh you know what i just had to do in my head i had to think of power rangers like what what did she what does she say (laughs) pterodactyl okay there we go that's that's what she says um so uh yeah like this is this will be your first time seeing these gigantic like flying machines but they're pure combat machines um they were originally designed to help like clean up the atmosphere but that changed for reasons we'll find out in the dlc i'll tell you that much 
<laughs> um, but uh, if you fight it immediately, like I, I think it's like that can be a tough fight. That can be a very tough fight if you're not if you're not really prepared for it. Then uh, you, you this is your for you you fought it right. You actually went down that path and fought it. Yeah, because I, I, the Stormbird is one of the only machines you can see from a long distance. I saw it from the city. I think I was, I saw, or the city, Day Tower. That's not a city. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you can see it from Day Tower. Yeah, I think I saw it while I was talking to NPCs, too. It was just flying in the background. And you said that that was probably the path that I would go down. And I understand why you said that. Because when, typically, I think when most people play RPGs or things like open world like this, they go down the path they're not supposed to. Yep. And that's what I was doing. And I'm like, well, I see why he said that I was going to fight this thing. Might as well get it over with. <laughs> yeah, see, I already knew. I was like, I'll come back later. <laughs> I was like, I'll, I'll come back and I'll fight this thing later. Um, but the funny thing about that one, there are actually two within close proximity of each other. Oh, yeah. There are two. Yeah. Yeah. I got lucky, I think, because the other one, I was like, this is really close. And why would they put two of these together? But the thing is, they're so big. I think that I thought it was closer than what it was. Yes. As long as you see it flying in the perfect circle, because that's what does just flies around in the perfect circle. You're not close enough to it to aggro it. Yeah. Once you see it start to like dip and move and go up and down a little bit, then that means you're within range to aggro it. Yeah. And even when I was running around on the ground, it didn't see me and when it did i just like crouched i don't even think i was in weeds i just kind of crouched and and was like a little quieter and it didn't it just kept yeah it just went about its business yeah so i was like right below it like putting traps down which didn't really do much let me tell you (laughs) in order to in order to get it to stay on the ground it takes a lot of work in my opinion to get it to stay on the ground um so, I mean, the thing about these fights, right, they tend to drain a lot of resources because, one, they have a high health pool. Two, they do high damage. They have a decent range of attacks um, from the air. I mean, if you knock the the plate off of its chest, you can get it to come down more frequently because then it won't have any ranged attacks for you. Like, it has to dive down on you or it'll come down and do this, like, peck attack or it'll do, like, this wind blast attack. But stuff that will keep it closer to the ground another thing is like they're not weak to anything right so any status effects you try to get onto it it's going to take a while so uh, if you try to do shock it's going to take like easily like three four hits with like the rope caster with the war bow i think it takes even more um you uh that's a, you can use the rope caster to tie it down I have I I think I only did this once and I haven't done it in this playthrough. But you can use once it's on the ground, you use rope caster to tie it to the ground. And some people I know have like shot like the um, oh man, I forget what kind of what kind of ammo it is, but it is like a, a slang type of ammo where you can shoot these grenades onto it. I think it's a slang. Maybe it's not a sling, it's something else, but you shoot these grenades that have a delayed explosion because with the rope caster, it's it's a um what's the word I'm looking for? It's uh kind of like a dazed effect on it. And the more you hit it, the faster the effect goes away. So if you delay with the bombs, 
it will, you know, you'll be able to get a bunch of bombs when it'll blow up all at one time. Or you can use the rope caster to tie it down, hit it with frost to make it, you know, more susceptible to damage. And then it's easier to either one A get damage on it, but two, you can also uh knock components off easy more easily when something is frosted. So that's when, you know, instead of just trying to uh using up a bunch of tear arrows, I'll frost it and then I'll start hitting the um I'll start hitting I guess I don't even know what you want to call them, the little engines on its wings so that it stays to the ground. I have successfully been able to keep um you know them on the ground before Mm -hmm. but it took like it feels like those fights take forever when you're trying to like you know knock the little engines off of its wings and keep it on the ground and stuff like that once it stays on the ground it is kind of hopeless because it's hard for it to kind of chase you around (laughs) it was pretty easy to chase me around but i keep getting stuck on the environment i think that's the biggest issue i have with this game is like i'll get stuck between two rocks when i'm trying to roll uh right yeah yeah so. Yeah, you got you got you got to be very aware of your your environment. I'm not, you know, I'm not even in real life. I'm not aware of anything. I just trip on everything. <laughs> yeah, I, now I will say that that Stormbird fight, even though the the placement of it feels odd, you know, that Stormbird fight is a little easier than others because with that stormbird fight you have two you have guards and you also have bandits in the area that can distract it i don't think that they distracted it because they were further out i saw the bandits and they were further out i had to go and kill the bandits they didn't do anything uh, for the bird it was i was on my own I remember the first time i fought one the bandits were there and the guards were there and they were like, yeah, so it did distract the bird a little bit for me. My next but big like, fight, I had that to my benefit, but not this one. Uh, yeah, so the, 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 the other Stormbird fights are very, it's just you. It's only you in that area. Sometimes it's other machines, it's pain. Uh, but yeah, that one, unless you're Christina, you, you, you might get lucky. I had no and help. <laughs> Then you get a little help with that one. So that that's the only trade-off. Cause like I said, if you come down and you just let's say you you went through the embrace a little bit too fast, <laughs> you know, uh that's a really bad fight to take. That could be a bad fight to take. Yeah, I I saw it and I was like, I'm gonna get as prepared as possible. So there was a merchant right there. So I like just I bought a new weapon. I don't even know what it was, but like I got Everything built and everything done and all the traps down and it was okay. I've been running into this issue where I know you only have to tap shift, but I hold shift when I run. So uh-huh. if I hold shift, especially when I'm like, just try, like, oh, I got to run like my finger, like my brain doesn't tell my finger to let go. And then I'll push the weapon wheel, which is on tab. And that's steams like switch. So I keep pausing the game by accident, which I'm sure that there's a way to turn that off. Oh, yeah, the shift tab, yeah. Yeah, that's really frustrating. Ooh. That happened like two or three times in that fight. Yeah, I changed. I re- Actually, when I started playing it again, I changed my weapon wheel to mouse like four or five. So, yeah, because you're right, that is annoying. Yeah. But even though I, I, I am a bit more used to having toggle to shift, mainly, probably because I'm play, you know, playing games like uh, Apex Legends where you have like the slide mechanic where it's hard to hold down shift and control at the same time. 
and this game, this game has a slap mechanic too. Uh, mm-hmm. Not as good as Apex's, but you know, just tap shift to run, and then you just hold for the slide. Especially if you, you I, I slide into cover so frequently, <laughs> like you know, uh, it, it's very helpful. So, but yeah, I don't know what type of mouse you have, but I guess I have uh, my scroll wheel to mouse five now. I should put more buttons on my mouse. Um, but I only use the buttons on my mouse when I'm playing MMOs, which it's like a 12 button mouse. So like, oh, I could yeah. use it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would go ahead and use one of those buttons <laughs> to, to, to help you out. Uh, but yeah, so when you do kill them, they have, they usually, all, well, no, they always have at least one epic modification on it. I think there's usually two. So you can get some epic mods. You can farm epic mods because apparently they respawn. I do not remember them respawning. I do not remember them respawning when I played the game the first time. So, and I went back and I looked and even from 2017, there were like articles saying that they respawn. I'm like, okay, they, I guess they do respawn. Like, I guess I just never went back to those areas. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I don't really see a point to go back to that one. So... To to that area, no. Like you'll go to the area to, with that other one you saw flying. Mm-hmm. You'll go into that area. I think for a side quest. There's a there's a side quest where there. I forget what side quest it is, but I know there's an item you have to get in this area that has the storm bird on the outside and on the inside is two thunder jaws at the same exact place. Yay! <laughs> so that's a fun one. Um, so what else is in the, the Gatelands? Obviously, there's a tall neck. It's in the Copper Deeps. And uh, that one is an interesting one because to get to it, you have to get to get onto it. You got to get onto like an island. There's like a group of island, but it's like inhabited by snap maws and not far from the island are glint hawks. So even if you get to the island and kill the snap maws, when you're high enough on the island, the glint hawks see you. And they can start attacking. Like, it's kind of annoying, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, I mean, I know I said I'm getting more bold, um, but I'm still a wuss at the same time. So I killed what I could before I got there, because I didn't want the snap jaws in the water to attack me. Yeah. And I got up top, I saw the, the, the hawk dude, and I was like, I don't want him to attack me while I'm climbing up this tall neck, so I might as well kill him. Um... And I want to say it was a pretty easy time. I say pretty easy. I spent a really long time on these fights because like. <laughs> <laughs> but pretty it was, easy means you didn't die. Yeah, I didn't die. I've only died like twice so far uh-huh. within this probably episode. And it's because I missed a jump. Oh, OK. So I'm, I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it was fine until I jumped off of the tall neck. And I jumped into a water with. I did that by accident before. I've done that by accident before. Yeah. Yeah. And I looked. I looked. And it was still there. I just messed up. I'm so thankful that there were guards there because it saw me for a second. And I was like, oh, God, no. And then the guards got (laughs) his attention. And I was like, whew. There. So if so, I didn't kill the Glint Hawks when I got onto the to the tall neck and they saw me getting on the tall neck and they come out to attack and then they can't reach the tall neck. You actually get I think you get above where they can fly for that area. Oh. Once you get onto the tall neck. 
because it's it, it, it was at a certain level and it just stayed there and it chased the tall neck. And when I got to a certain level on the tall neck, it just whoop, flew away. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't want to be knocked off of it. I didn't die yet at this point. So I was like, I don't want to die from being knocked off by a stupid hawk. Yeah. I don't think you can. I'm, I'm, I don't think I think once you maybe once you get onto the tall necks, it like kind of like makes you invisible to the other enemies in the area, you know, so. Maybe, maybe it has that type of logic or something. So, but yeah, so that, that tall neck, it uncovers, I think all of the gate lands, it uncovers all of the gate lands. Um, there's also a metal flower in that area. And the thing that pissed me off about that metal flower was that the way the map puts it, it makes it seem like it's on one of those islands, but it is not. It's actually on the side, like the, basically the, the, um, flower is on the edge of the area where it says the flower is and is not on one of the islands so i think i killed everything on that island twice so we're talking like three four snap moths we're talking watches we're talking the glint hawks so i can run around and try to find it and i couldn't find it on the islands because it's like two islands and then i was like just getting frustrated and i looked to like the left and boop there it is on the ground <laughs> like you know away from me yeah i saw it i saw that i was in the area for it so i was like let me go to the outer edge because it means it could be anywhere within that bubble so yeah. i was like let me look at the outer edge before i go to this island and it was just right there yeah i started i started <laughs> like kind of like on the islands cause i'm like the the bulk of the bubble is on the island so i'm like it's probably someplace on one of these two islands nope they played me so. Well, I was standing up there because I was shooting the um, snap jaw from a distance, and then I looked down, and I was like, oh, there it is. Well, yeah, no. So I did find that. Uh, there's also a bandit camp in the Gatelands. It's nothing remarkable about this this bandit camp. I think there's, there's like three entrances. The alarm's all the way in the back, so just make sure you don't alert anybody or if you do you need to run to the alarm and just kill everybody on the way there um the thing that's actually more i think more memorable about this bandit camp is that i think for a lot of people it'll be the first place to see a thunder jaw because there are two thunder jaws near that bandit camp that's not where you saw the thunder jaw for the first time yeah, I'm um, looking at she's making a face. I should have I should have written down where I saw it because I saw it like right before I went into a place where there's like two mount mountains, I guess, on your side, and you have to go through this really narrow path. I saw it right before that. I didn't see it during the bandit camp. I think that no, was No, it's not during the bandit camp. It's once you get past the bandit camp. I you know what? I it could have been in that area, but I think I teleported to continue because I thought it, it was a closer oh. path. I kind of jumped all over the place. Gotcha. So, darn, I should have looked at where I fought it, but it wasn't there. But there were a lot I think of I know what you're, things. I think I know what you're talking about, where you're kind of like going up a hill, and then there's like these, it's like a, the path gets narrow, and mm -hmm. then through the path, there's a thunder draw. I know what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah. I fight, I fight one every time I see it. I have to. <laughs> it's existence. It's a challenge. <laughs> so. So, with the bandit camp, dude, humans in this game are so dumb. Like... <laughs> They're so easy to go through. You just keep sniping people and they're like, oh, there's a body over here. Snipe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I guess they're gone. Like, and I got into the camp, released the prisoners, which I like doing because they'll help you fight. And then I got 
scene like almost right after that. So I went to the alarm and just put down traps and camp the alarm. <laughs> yeah, I was a bit more active. Like I just kind of went through it and because stealthing it, trying to stealth this one is a bit annoying. Um, because it's just the way because the way it's like kind of set up. Mm-hmm. It's just way faster to fight your way through it, to be to be perfectly honest with you. This is not a fun one to stealth. Yeah, because I went through the back gate and there was no grass there. And I was like, I can I not just get in here? And it was really a really narrow path to get into it. So I was like, I'll go the other way. But- right. Yeah, so it's actually it feels like a pretty small bandit camp. But like I said, the most remarkable thing about it is are the Thunder Jaw. That's is the Thunder. That's when, when I first played the game. That's the first time I saw it. I'm like, that's the thing from the cover. Should I fight it now? <laughs> and as I'm trying to figure out if I'm gonna fight it now, it like saw me. I'm like, well, oh man, now I have to fight it. You know, so uh, so you but you did fight your first Thunder Jaw. Mm-hmm. How how how'd that go? So it was not that bad because there is a. Um Stampeder? Is that what they're called? A trampler? I keep calling a trampler. it a trampler. I keep calling it a stampeder. That's <laughs> um it was fighting a trampler and there were guards there. And I was like, well, this is the best time to try <laughs> to fight it. So I didn't even touch the the trampeter. Tramp yeah? Trampeter. Trampler. Trampler. <laughs> <laughs> Man. <laughs> you'll you'll get it one day. I won't. Day. Uh <laughs> the trampler. I just let it the the thunder jaw kill it, but yeah, I I didn't know what I was doing. I used the tear blast to try to remove like the machine gun part of it, and it kept laser beaming me instead. Um, oh yeah, and I was like, where do I get rid of that? And anytime it got near me, I was like, oh god, I'm dead. But <laughs> I'm I feel better fighting one, but I'm really nervous to have to fight one on my own. So I, I will tell you, I'm pretty sure there is a cauldron that has one in it. I'm pretty sure there is a cauldron that has one in it. But I'll give you some tips. All right. All the right. first thing you got to do. Well, the first, well, in the wild, the first thing I do is remove the radar. Did you see the radar on its back? No. Okay. So there's a thing that looks like a T and it spins around. When it's looking for you and you're hiding, it's going to use it. And it's going to find you. Oh, uh, you know what? After I get seen, I like never hide because I always have a hard time hiding. So, which I, yeah. sh- I should try to do more. But that's the first thing I always take off. The next thing I'll take off are the disc launchers on its back because they hurt. Those things hurt. So well, everything hurts, <laughs> especially when you're playing on hard. But um, you take the disc launch- launchers off the back, not to mention you can use those. If you take them off and you have time to pick it up, you can shoot them with the disc launchers. And I think each one comes with six discs. So if you get both of them off, now you got 12 discs to shoot at them. Okay. Then you can also, he has the, the, the laser machine guns on his face. You take those off and then he has the laser thing in his mouth and you take that off. How do you take that off? You shoot in his mouth. You shoot the tear blaster in his mouth. As he's lasering you. Well, the laser starts on the ground, so you have a little time. Like <laughs> you just gotta let it fly and then like try to dodge off. But you can you can knock that off. But also there he, he like you can there is a uh, a panel that you can take off on each side on the body that reveals its weak spot. Like there's actually a weak weak spot, 
and then you can start like hitting that and that does a a ton of damage to it because at that point like once you have the weapons off he's all melee at that point so he's got to come at you he'll run he'll jump he'll do the tail swing and at that point you just got to know when to hit you know dodge <laughs> and you can you can do it it makes it way easier but him with all the weapons on that's tough i'm really bad with dodging um that's why i put traps all around myself yeah, it is tough. Also, because when he starts the melee runs, you can, it makes the traps way more effective because he's not going to fight at a distance. So the good thing about the Thunderjaw is that they're big. They're big targets, so they're super easy to freeze over and over and over again. Oh. Super easy to freeze. Did you get the double arrows yet? No, not yet. Um because I was using so many traps and I actually ran out of wire at some point, I got the the buff to be able to pick up traps. Uh, and I got the buff to hold more resources and the buff to get better resources. So I just haven't gotten to it yet. I would definitely invest in that. Yeah. Because that's how you're gonna that's how you're really gonna take down those really large guys faster. With the double arrows or even the triple arrows. I'm going for my triple arrows soon. That was the next thing I was going to get. But the problem, I never write down what I want to get because I'm like, oh, I'll remember it. And I don't. And then I'm uh, like, what was I going to get? And I was like, oh, this looks cool. I'm going to get this one. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the only thing about the double arrow and the triple arrow, you do have to account for time for the, like the animation <laughs> of her putting the double arrow on. It's not instant. I will tell you that much. Like that, though, that second that it takes, not, maybe not even a second, sometimes can be life or death. So, and sometimes it doesn't go as expected, especially when shooting humans. Like, I'll shoot a human in slow motion and one arrow goes straight, and the other one just like goes off to the side. I'm like, great. <laughs> nice. Awesome. So, but yeah, that I said, I think for a lot of people, if you just kind of like beat the bandit camp and then run through, that's going to be your first time fighting a Thunderjaw. But not Christy. Luckily for you, you found a better area for you to encounter it for the first time. So. Yeah. So I didn't have luck with the bird, but I had luck with the Thunderjaw. So. Yeah. So. Uh, so there is one more place in in the Gatelands I, I want to highlight. It's Lone Light. And it's not necessarily the, 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 the settlement, but the fact is that there's a data point in that settlement that highlights the beliefs of each tribe. So it does give you a bit more lore in the game. Um, and it actually, not just the tribes in the game, it actually talks a little bit about the tribes that aren't in the game. It's actually tribes I'm expecting to be in Forbidden West. Uh, so the first tribe, well, actually, no, the first tribe it talks about is the Nora, but we already understand Nora. Now, this data point is written from the, from the perspective of a Karja something. So it's written from the perspective of the Karja. And they say, you know, it talks about the Asarama, that they believe the world is a machine and that they believe the the move um the movement of the tribes, the seasons, and uh, you know, the stars are all interlocked by this world machine, right? And they believe the old ones were the caretakers of the machines, but they neglected their duty to maintain it. So the world machine fell into disrepair and the old ones collapsed with it. And they think that the other tribes like the Karja and the Nora and whoever else are negligent uh, and that the Asaram are the ones that can become the new caretakers and learn on its secrets and improve it from it. Right. Um, the guy who wrote this was was definitely being very um, what's the word I'm looking for? Obnoxious. 
is where I'm looking for it. The guys who wrote this being obnoxious because he's kind of looking down on the other tribes and their beliefs versus the Karja belief. You know? I don't think I got that one. Yeah, it's in Lone Light. You, ha- you do have to go to Lone Light for a side quest, so you'll be there eventually. No, but I went there. Are there two in Lone Light? Maybe. I, this is the only one of note that I got. I didn't read the other one because it was really long, but the other one was called the Banuk. That's not this one, right? No, they do talk about the Banuk in this one. So th- this one, it, this whole data point is actually really long because it has all the tribes in it. So he did talk about the Banuk and how they have similar beliefs to the Karja. Uh, they blew, they believe that the old ones grew complacent and, you know, thought that there was no challenge they could overcome and that their pride, you know, because of their pride, they were undone. And the thing about the Banuk is that they don't pay any any attention to the old ones. They don't pay any attention because they're, the Banuk believe that, you know, if if you can't survive Banuk land, you're not worth dealing with. You know, like that's basically what I was like. I think what the what the data point actually says, they pay no more attention to the old ones than any other tribe defeated by the harshness of Banuk lands. And Banuk hunters say the absence of ruins in Ban-Ur, which is where the Banuk are, is a sign that the Old Ones were never strong enough to endure its challenges. So they think that they're better than the Old Ones. They think that the Old Ones were just scrubs, and they're like, well, you guys (laughs) obviously weren't tough enough to live here, which is just not true, because the DLC takes place in Ban-Ur. It takes place in the Banuk lands. And I can tell you 100%, there are definitely ruins in Banner. Now, I don't remember if the Banuk know that there are ruins in Banner. I cannot remember if they know or not. So, but, but the Banuk, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I didn't even know that they were like people because we were finding the Banuk like items. I thought that they were items, just yeah. items. I didn't realize it was like a set of people until I started, like, until I got to this point and saw stuff outside of like quests and stuff like so when i got this data point i was like wait the banuk aren't just like little collectibles oops (laughs) no the banuk are actually people with feelings christina well (laughs) they are a tribe then like i said we're going we'll we'll deal with the with the banuk enough in the dlc so um it mentions two tribes I went, well, I forget the name of the other tribe. I think we're going to end up talking about it in a few, well, more than a few episodes. I'm not sure. It depends how it goes. But uh, the one tribe is the Utaru. This tribe has no presence in the game. There is a person from that tribe in Meridian. I think they're like a vendor or something like that. Or you, you do talk to them for something. But they are Meridian, but it's only one person. And the Utaro, they live in the Plainsong territory. And they believe the old ones are with them at all times. And they believe those who die return to the soil and nourish the land. And as long as they remember, they'll continue to like bless the harvest or help with the harvest or, you know, something like that. So I think that's one of those tribes that we're going to meet in Forbidden West. We're going to deal with them in Forbidden West. And also the, the tribe that I can't think the name of starts with a T. Uh, that tribe will also be in Forbidden West. Actually, they specific. I there is a data point that talks about that tribe, and they say they're in the Forbidden West. Like the Forbidden West is a location, not just the name of a game. <laughs> so, Ooh. 
Yeah. So I don't know if they did it on purpose, but it makes it seem like they know what they're doing over there at Gorilla Games. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. So, but yeah, I thought that data point was interesting. That was definitely one of the data points that I think will really help you understand the tribes that you're dealing with in the actual game. And you know, you, you do have the data points that are like um, of the old world and they kind of help. Like sometimes they do kind of explain, you know, kind of set the, the tone for what that world is like. Other times they're just like stupid stuff, like somebody ordering a pizza. Yeah, those are the majority of the data points that I've found. So sometimes I accidentally ignore that I got one because right. it, it's like random ads to the television show or something. I don't know. Right. I, I make sure I read everyone because sometimes they, they, you do get a decent amount of information. So. Uh, so uh, now let's talk about a daughter's vengeance. Like we're going to actually talk about the whole side quest because we didn't talk about the side quest at all when we when we were in the embrace. Because we knew that it finished in Karja territory. It finished in the Gatelands. So that's why they want to bring up to now. So we're going to go all the way back to three episodes and talk about something that happened. Yeah, I would talk about, uh, you know, where this starts at in the embrace. So uh, the quest starts. It's actually at the same village where you get the quest to get that, that medicine. And it ends with you talking to the guy who's who says he got assaulted by the outcasts. Uh, so you meet a man, a young man named Yan. He's praying, and his sister Nakoa went to go find a. Uh, actually, you know the funny thing about it. Now that I think about it, we mentioned Nakoa by name earlier today, and me and you, uh, we've obviously talked about it. But I don't think I've ever brought it up on the show before. Oh, yeah. I know that the quest was brought up before because we said we were going to wait. But I don't think we said anything about the oh, quest. Oh, we did? I think I'm so. Glad, I'm glad you remember that. <laughs> don't trust my memory. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So his sister, Nicole, we're, we're we, it's like we've never done a podcast before. That's where we're acting right now. This is terrible stuff. Terrible. Uh, so his sister Nicole went to go find a carpenter officer named Zaid. Now I definitely said the name Zaid. <laughs> like they like the audience knew I was gonna talk about. It. We're like, oh, who's the Zaid guy? <laughs> I was like, yeah, we're gonna come back and talk to him later. So sorry about that, everybody. Uh so yeah, so he she went to go find this carger officer named Zaid. Now he was a captain in the Red Raids, and Yan said he's he is dangerous. And he's worried about his sister. It said that Zaid murdered their father during the Red Raids. This is why Nakoa went to go find uh, Zaid. Uh, we do get more background with this on the Red Raid on the Red Raids because of this. Where Yan says, you know, for ten years the Karja attacked without warning. They butchered braves. They kidnapped civilians. So the Red Raids weren't just a couple years old. It didn't happen for a few years. It happened for like a decade. And that village, because you got to remember, like, you know, you have to take into consideration where Day Tower is. So one of the first places they're going to hit was that Forsaken Village, obviously, uh, where I forget her name, but one of the the leaders in Mother's Crown, she's from there. Then you have Mother's Crown, but then Mother's, people at Mother's, I guess it, I was going to say that Mother's Crown, they said, stopped a bunch of raids and stuff like that, but they really didn't talk about where Yan and his family were back then 10 years ago. They could have been in the Forsaken Village for all we know. So, but, um, 
you know, basically, and he's he's worried about his sister Nicoa. Aloy agrees to help find her, and that's when Ian says, "Oh, my aunt lives in Mother's Crown. Maybe she can tell you more." So once you go to Mother's Crown, you find the aunt Salai. So at first, she's really hesitant to talk about Nicoa, and she says that you know Nicoa, she came through here and she gave her supplies for her journey. I think she was just nervous because, well, one, she could probably see that Aloy is a seeker. She's like, "Oh." You're a company man. You work for the matriarchs, <laughs> you know, but, um, you know, she, she, so she probably didn't want to talk to Aloy about her given supplies, knowing that Nicole was going to cross over into Karja territory because that's how you get exiled. Uh, so, you know, she says she tried to stop her, but she wouldn't really listen, but she was too focused on finding Zaid. And, you know, uh, Salai, she did call Zaid one of the worst Red Raiders and said that even though she didn't want Nicole to go, she kind of wanted her to because she wanted Zaid dead. So uh, from there, you go to Day Tower. That's where we, that's our that's our present day. So we're in Day Tower and you actually run into Zaid. He is there. No, that would be Captain Balan. I'm his second in command, Prefect Zaid. Wait, you're Zaid? Ah, You've heard of me. Let me ease your mind. There seem to be wild stories about me among your tribe. But the Nora have me mistaken for someone else. I'm not sure where the fault lies, but the fog of war often breeds confusion. Unfortunately, some refuse to acknowledge the error. So it was with the last Nora who came through here. The last Nora who came through here? You mean Nikoa? Is that her name? Oh, well. It was a very unfortunate situation. She attacked me in broad daylight. If one of my men hadn't spotted her, I might well have been injured. But we were able to subdue her without harm. What did you do with her? I let her go, of course. It was clear she thought I was responsible for unspeakable things. So, in a sense, her actions were justifiable. I explained that she was wrong, then sent her on her way. Sadly, I don't think she believed me. Where is Nikoa now? I don't know exactly. She left raving that she would find a way to bring me down. But I did hear a report from the garrison at Lonesome Rock that a young woman had been abducted by bandits. Might have been her. So you deny participating in the Red Raids? No, I didn't say that. I did have a role in those operations, albeit a very limited one. But all this nonsense about torture and murder, that wasn't me. They had me confused with some other commander. I don't doubt some of my comrades did bad things, but Sun King of Odd has worked hard to eliminate such brutality. You've really gone out of your way to help, Prefect Said. It's no trouble. The Sun King wishes to make amends with your people, and I am his humble servant. I'll go to Lonesome Rock and get to the bottom of this. I promise you that. You do that. And if our men are anything less than helpful, please let me know. And, you know, his story, and like we, we, we did mention earlier to talk to Balan, and Balan's like, well, we never found proof. And Zaid says it's mistaken identity. You know, um, we did mention that earlier by accident now. Sorry again. <laughs> um, and, you know, Zaid's like, hey, man, the Nora had me confused with someone else. He says he was part of the Red Raids, but he didn't kidnap or torture anybody. And you know, it says Nikoa showed up and tried to attack him, but was caught before she could do anything. So this is the incident that Bond didn't really expand on before. And, you know, Zaid just says that he told her that she was wrong about who he was and let her go. 
So Aloy asks where she is now, and he says he heard a young woman got abducted by bandits, and it might be her. So Aloy, she kind of says, you know, that, oh, you've gone out of your way to be helpful here. But her tone is kind of sarcastic. Like, she doesn't believe him. You know, which makes sense. She believes Nakoa, you know, more she more than Zaid, which, you know, like I said, that makes sense. And he says that the Sun King wishes to make amends and he is a Sun King servant. And just the way this voice line, like, rolls off, you can clearly tell, okay, this guy's full of it. Like, he, he, he really is. And so he tells her where to go, which is a lonesome rock to investigate. And that's where he sends her. So it was like, okay, I will go to lonesome rock and I will investigate, <laughs> you know. See, I didn't catch that. I'm just so oblivious. I'm just like, I don't know. Maybe it is mistaken identity. But the thing that I thought was weird was he was like, yeah, I am. I was part of the Red Raids, but that wasn't the role I played. And it's like, yeah, but it was all kind of evil. So just because that's not what you did doesn't mean you're not in the wrong. That, that, yeah, that is true. But then again, I mean, the thing about it, because not everybody who participated in the Red Raids, I'm pretty sure, got the boot. Uh, because they were soldiers, they did what they were told to do. <laughs> you know, that's kind of that's kind of that's that's kind of how it works when you're enlisted. You know, true. You follow instructions. Now, how how far they went with things is a different different story. You know, but yeah, you could like you you could. They don't pull like you know they don't they're not trying their hardest with these voice lines. I'll say that much. <laughs> Except the one guy. Oh, you know who did kind of fool me and like, it was the guy who got shot by that stalker when he when um, oh. he, he sabotaged the cart <laughs> yeah. when he was like I don't know what you're talking about I was like hey, he sounds like he doesn't know what I'm talking about as soon as Aloy is like I know about this he's like oh okay never mind <laughs> <laughs> that guy is a different story so but uh, you know after traveling through the gateland you come across Lonesome Rock you know, and this one's kind of weird because Aloy is like, I need to go quiet. I need to go in quietly, uh, you know, but there's no like no guards are showing up as enemies or anything like that. And as soon as you check out the cart, a guard named Firiv, I think his name is Firiv, asks what she's doing there. Aloy has the option to say she's just passing through or looking for Nikoa. Which one did you pick? Well, because I did just not expect anything, said I was looking for Nikoa. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah. I also said I'm looking for Nikoa. And when you do, Ferf says there's no bandits around. And then he sar- sarcastically says he can help you find your friend. And he tells the other guards to tie you down. And then you got to fight him and kill him. I can't remember if when I played the first time, like what, like if I chose, I'm just passing through and if they just kind of let you go, you know, I think that was the signal though. So when you told him that he kind of took that as a signal from Zaid, mm-hmm. Zaid sent us another one, you know, and that was the signal to, to grab him. So I can't remember if you, if you choose just passing through what happens, if they just kind of let you go. Cause either way, you're going to use your focus. And see that there's like the chains and stuff like that. And then you're going to follow the foot tracks somewhere else. I thought you were going to say something like I, I Yes and no. Okay, so when I first got here, I saw the outpost before I saw this area. And I cleared the outpost. And I saw that there were people. 
And I'm like, why can't I get to the people? And then I looked at my quest <laughs> marker and I'm like, oh man, I'm not supposed to be here yet. So then I had to go oh. <laughs> back and then they respawned. So I had to come back. So she's investigating the cart and I'm like, I know where they went. <laughs> I was there. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, just, you're just messing up everything. When you went back, were the enemies there? Yes. Uh, they respawned. Oh, so you had to clear it twice. But they were super, super easy. And that was before I had the... um trap pick upper again so all of the traps that were would have been wasted were still there oh okay gotcha yeah so going in order of the actual quest they there were chains of manacles so they were clearly not just capturing people but they were moving them somewhere aloy finds the path that they take and she follows it and it leads to like a compound and when you get there, when you get to the compound, you can hear them talking about a Nora girl they have. And one of the guards mentions that she's like nice and lean or something like that. And another guard's like, don't get any ideas. It'll hurt her value at auction. So that's what they're doing. They're capturing people and they're selling them off probably as slaves, you know. So uh, inside the compound, you take out the guards. Like Christina said, it's pretty easy. You find a um, uh, steps that lead to an underground and you find the prison. And then you you talk to Nakoa. She tells you that, and you tell her that Yan sent you that sent you, and um, then you set her free. And Nakoa helps the other prisoners escape. And when Aloy comes back up, Zade is there with more guards. So I mean, he must have got tipped off somehow. Oh, well, maybe he didn't get tipped off somehow. Maybe he was just expecting them to have caught you by now, and for you to be you know there so he can inspect you or whatever. And um, yeah, he's like, he says something that's like, oh, I knew you'd be trouble, but it'd be worth it in the end. And then she tells Zay that it's this, this is the end for you and your guards, <laughs> you know. Um, so, but the Zade fight is actually pretty easy, with the exception of Zade's weapon. Like, if you get hit by that, it does hit hard. But for the most part, like, it makes him an easy target because he can't move that well with it. So you really just got to plug him in the head, like, I think, like, twice and then... <laughs> That's the <laughs> he's on the ground at that point. Yeah, remember how I said I only died twice from fall damage? I lied. I died here because I somehow blew myself up. Oh, you did? <laughs> did you did you run past a trap while somebody was tripping it? I don't know. I think that's what happened. I think someone tripped a trap while I was standing in it. Oh, uh, yeah, you can't stand in your own traps. Or while while I was near it, not standing in it, but I was running down and they were running up. It was a mess. But yeah, it was easy uh, the second time. Yeah, well, you start from the high ground, so it's like, it's just super easy to kill everybody, <laughs> you know. Well, Zaid was the only one left, and he kept hiding behind a little hut. So I'm like, I'll just go to him. And then I, he was coming to me, and yeah. Mm, yeah, didn't work out in your favor that time. No. Yeah, so after that, that fight is over, Nicole, because I, you know, even after you've shot Zaid and he's like on the ground, he looks dead, kind of. When you shoot him, he's actually still alive. So, Nakoa, she goes over and she finishes him with a spear. And then Aloy goes and talks to Nakoa. You gave him a quicker death than he deserved? My father was a hunter. He taught me every animal deserves a clean kill. How did Zaid come to run a ring of slavers? All the scum you just killed? They butchered for Zaid during the Red Raids. The new Sun King kicked them out of the army... But Zaid managed to lie his way out of trouble, then saw a new way to make a shard, putting his grunts to work here. How did Zaid capture you? I tried to get him at Day Tower, but he caught me. 
then let me go so he could have his men grab me later. And after? Said he was going to sell me into slavery like the other poor bastards that came through here week to week. But he took his time and kicked me around whenever he stopped by. Guess me trying to kill him hurt his pride. You've been through a lot. I'm fine. Are you sure? Zaid's dead. I was ready to go through anything to make that happen. And I did. What are you going to do now? The others were in that cellar for months. The more rundown they got, the harder it was for Zaid to sell them. They need food, rest, and hope. I'll take them to Meridian and tend to them. You're not even going to try to go back? What about Jan? The Matriarchs won't let me back. Even if they would, I wouldn't go. They can burn for all I care. As for Jan, I know a way to get word to him. I'll miss that runt. But at least he'll know I'm safe. Time for me to go. Look, I don't even know your story. It must be a good one if they gave you the mark of a seeker. If you ever feel like telling it, look me up in Meridian. I'll be there until the others get back up on their feet. Until then, thank you for helping me cut this rot from the world. I don't know. Maybe now I can put Zaid behind me and remember my father as I should. And Ayla, she, she notes that uh, she would, you know, that Nakoa gave Zaid a quicker death than she would have, and Nakoa says her father told her that. Well, her father was a hunter and told her that every animal deserves a clean kill. Now her father was the one that Zaid killed, so she 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 got her revenge. Uh, but you know, you kind of find out that all the guards that you killed weren't really Karja guards anymore. They were kicked out of the army because of what they did in the Red Raids. They all worked for Zaid. And Zaid was the one that managed to lie his way out of trouble. And instead of just kind of cutting his losses there, he saw a way to make a quick buck. And that's where he enlisted these guys to, you know, help with kidnapping people. So, you know, Nagoa said that Zaid let her go at the day tower, but only so that he could uh, catch her later. So he could sell her into slavery. But I guess part of the problem is that he didn't just immediately sell her into slavery. He took his time and he came back and he beat her up whenever he stopped by to check out the compound. Uh, but, you know, she she won in the end because she's still alive and he is very dead right now. So, but she's not going to go back to the sacred land because, you know, well, she, she, she says, yeah, she can't go back to the sacred land. But she, even if she could, she wouldn't go back. You know, so she doesn't, I think she doesn't really like the matriarchs. And she's not even an outcast, I don't think. No, she's not an outcast because she's living in a village. Yeah, I mean, she outcast. is now. But yeah, she said that they could burn. I think. Yeah. So she, she yeah, said that they can not, burn. Yeah. Yeah. No, so she is not a fan of the matriarchs. Uh, but she's gonna go and stay in Meridian to help the other prisoners, you know, get back on their feet. But she did have a way to get word back to Yan, so that's what she's gonna do. And that concludes the daughter's vengeance. That quest we talked about. We decided not to talk about, but then forgot we decided not to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, but that that was a uh, that like that, I felt that like I held well, I won. I did hold hold on to that quest for a long time because you get it pretty early in the game, but you can't really finish it until you go into Karja territory. So you're just kind of stuck with this quest in there. So I have a question for you. Did you go back to Yan and see if there were any dialogue options? Because I totally didn't. And I did not. I took her word for it. 
<laughs> I was like, you got, okay, you can get a message back to the end. No problem. I'm going to go finish working the rest of the map. I'm really late to Meridian at this point. <laughs> yeah, with him in uh, uh, Bala, Balahan or whatever, I wanted to go back to both of them to see if there were any extra dialogues. But like every time I was thinking about it, it was before the quest ended. And then once the quest ended, I was like, oh, there's a thing over here. And then got distracted. Uh, yeah, no, I, uh, I definitely did not. I, I, I really did forget to go back, but I'm sure he got the message, right? Yeah, I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. Hopefully she wasn't hinting <laughs> yeah. at us to tell. Yeah. Like I got a way to get back, meant back to him. Wink. Like <laughs> what? <laughs> Something wrong no. with your eye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. But yeah, that's where we're going to end this episode. On the next episode, we're going to talk about Cauldron Row, because there is a cauldron in the Gatelands. And we're also going to investigate a mysterious death at the Rock Quarry right, out, right outside of Meridian. And then we're finally going to step foot in Meridian for the first time, finally, and run into Arend. That's what we're going to do next time. So, uh, yeah, Christina, my, 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 I was going to say my daily question. <laughs> Depending on if somebody's listening to this daily, but how like how are you feeling about the game? What's going on? What's in, what's going on in your head? So much more comfortable because now I'm just like walking by machines. I'm like, oh, they can't see me. Do do like <laughs> <laughs> um, everything I'm doing, I'm doing with ten times confidence. And anytime I get seen, I'm able to actually kill things instead of running. So. Yeah, I'm feeling a lot better. I feel like every time I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling more confident. And then every time in the episode, I'm like, oh, yeah, I was a big wuss. And <laughs> <laughs> well, it's nice. It's nice to be able to uh, go through the game confidently without running from everything. It's yeah. a fun game to play when you're looking forward to beating up on the machines. Yeah, I've been actually choosing to fight things, which is good. I think after fighting my like first big two enemies i'm like okay i'll be okay with the smaller dudes it's fine so the i will tell you this you're gonna run into a new machine when we talk on the next episode and i want to see how your experience with that that's gonna be fun yay <laughs> so i'm looking forward to hearing about that so <laughs> All right, but uh, yeah, I'd like to thank everybody for listening. If you want to keep up with going, what's going on with Mash's Buttons in this show, you can join us on Twitter at twitter.com slash the Mash Network. Uh, Christine, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter and Twitch at S'mores Popstar. I'm also a host of another podcast on the Mash Network called Wondrous Tales. We talk about Final Fantasy XIV content. Um, so that's like anything under the sun that is in the game. All right. And you can find me on Twitter at Josh Tradamus. I also do stream on our Twitch channel sometimes, twitch.tv slash mash those buttons. And uh, like I mentioned earlier, we'd love to have you join the Discord, our Discord community at mash.gg slash Discord. Uh, we're going to have channels dedicated to Horizon Forbidden Dawn. Oh, Horizon Zero Dawn and Forbidden West. <laughs> I might just name the channels Horizon Forbidden Dawn just, just to make it easier for everybody. But uh yeah, I would uh we were gonna we love to have you there to talk about the game, how you feel about the podcast, all that stuff. And I encourage you guys to reach out with your comments and questions. Uh you can do so by, you know, you can hop on the Discord and talk to us, or you can reach out to us on Twitter, or you can shoot us an email at contact at mash.gg. 
And uh, if you want to help us out, one of the best ways to do that is to share the show with others and also to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast platform of choice. And if you want to take a support a bit further, you can do so at mtb.gg support and see all the ways you can support mash those buttons. Uh, we do have a Patreon, a Teespring store. You can drop a Twitch sub if you like. Uh, you can use one of our Humble Bundle affiliate links, or you can even uh, you know, drop us a one-time PayPal donation, so all that really helps us out. And I encourage you guys to stay tuned after the show to hear more about Mash Those Buttons. And with that, we are done for this episode. We will see you on the next one. See ya. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out mashthosebuttons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash mashthosebuttons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at twitter.com slash the Mash Network, facebook.com slash mash those buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord.